Today's topic is called draw closer, meaning I want you to move toward your kids instead of away, especially during conflict. Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Lost Art of Parenting. We are here to help educate, entertain, and encourage you in all things parenting. We want to help you understand what you are doing and why, so you can increase the odds of raising children who are prepared for life while enjoying your job as a parent and enjoying your children along the way. Hey, everybody, it's Kim. I will be the host today. I'm flying solo on my podcast, but don't worry. Jesse will be back next week, and we will certainly look forward to having him back. Today is really a detailed topic. It gets into a lot of the how, which I don't usually do on my podcast. So fasten your seatbelts, perhaps take some notes, and let's get started. Today's topic is called Draw Closer, meaning I want you to move toward your kids instead of away, especially during conflict. So let's talk about it. Life is full of conflict, right? Conflict is normal. Misunderstandings happen. Assumptions are made. Values can definitely differ between different people. Generational differences are a huge cause of confusion and tension. And communication, of course, is challenging. Perspectives differ and fears and past experiences can really get in the way. It's complicated, but we make it worse by how we respond to conflict. So how we respond to conflict is crucial to all our relationships, our marriages, our families, our children, our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers. And of course, today, though, we are focusing specifically about children. So the typical reaction to conflict is typically fight or flight. So let's talk about it. Fight. What that means is we often get angry raise our voice, state our position strongly. We want our way, so we look at the situation, kind of a win-lose scenario, and we speak more than we listen. And we see, tend to see things just from our own perspective. We also fight in order to avoid looking at our real feelings or the other person's feelings, and we avoid being vulnerable by facing the truth or not facing the truth, so we fight and emotions start to take over. Fighting causes us to push others away and raise the emotional tension. Neither party is thinking or in what we call learning mode when there's high drama or high emotion. Fighting actually separates and divides us. So the other typical reaction is flight or fleeing. So flight means we leave the situation. We stop communicating. We avoid, and we stonewall. Stonewall meaning we refuse to talk and basically pretend like the other person doesn't exist. <laughs> not only are we not talking, we're not listening either. And we are in a self-protection mode. We basically run and hide. This flight reaction sends a very similar, similar message that fight does to that other person. We are separating and dividing again. We're shutting down the communication. So we are taking a position also of power in a really subtle way by avoiding the conflict completely. 
perhaps we're avoiding it because of previous anger or a fear of the other person and how they're going to respond. But more commonly, we just avoid because it's easier. We use flight to avoid looking at our own real feelings and emotions, and perhaps theirs, and to avoid being, being vulnerable. This separates and divides us as well. So as you can see, both fight and flight don't work. Little side note, the only difference between the words fight and flight is the letter L. So I like to say that L stands for lose. That means somebody's going to lose. Typically, when somebody wins and somebody loses, both parties lose. I heard a quote actually this morning on my way to work, and I sure I wish I could give credit to where credit is due. So I can't remember who said this, but I thought it was great. The quote said, better to have heart without words than words without heart. You know, words can be damaging, and all of us know that sometimes those words can last a lifetime unless we draw close. So a quick review. The fight reaction escalates the situation immediately through usually anger and strong emotions. The flight reaction delays the escalation through rejection and avoidance. Tension builds and trust is damaged for both parties. But both anger and avoidance cause feelings of rejection, pain, frustration, negative emotions, separation, and division. So what's the solution? To draw closer to the other person is the solution. Now, this takes two people to work well, but in case of parenting, truly the responsibility must lie with the parents. Parents are more mature than kids, or at least we hope so, right? <laughs> parents are, or need to be, more capable of communicating clearly, responsible for addressing feelings and correcting poor behaviors, and they are the primary role models for their children on how to resolve conflict and basically everything else in life. So moving toward our children and not away is the answer. We must draw close, using encouraging words, not labels or negativity, because words are powerful, so we must use them wisely. So there's some simple steps that we need to take to help this communication process. I have 10 of them for you, so get your pencils ready. <laughs> Number one, think before speaking. Take a moment to process what you're feeling. Are you angry? Are you sad? Are you frustrated? Are you afraid? Are you feeling insecure or ashamed or maybe feeling a loss of control? Maybe it's just because you're hangry. Number two, try to see things from both sides. Remember, their perspective matters as well. Number three, ask questions. Don't assume and don't lecture. Assumptions and lecture are very destructive and highly ineffective. Always seek understanding before being understood, which means ask questions. Number four, try to begin your conversation with the end result in mind. Look at the conflict as a win-win situation, not a win-lose. A fight-or-flight response will end in win-lose scenarios, which means, again, both parties lose. So ask, what information do we need to understand here? What is the problem, not who is the problem? There's a big difference there. Define the problem as objectively and as clearly as possible. Number five. Remember, behavior is the result of the problem, not the problem. I'll come back to that one here in a minute. 
Number six, emotions can be strong drivers of behavior, but they should not take the place of reason or logic or doing the right thing. Number seven, emotions need to be identified and empathy needs to be shown. I can't reiterate how much importance I need to put on this. I always say you need to name it to tame it. In other words, let's identify what the emotion is. Let's talk about that emotion. Let's understand that emotion. Because until the bad comes out, there's no room for the good to come in. If we don't use empathy, which is a really powerful tool, we separate from each other. Empathy opens the doors for communication and it actually allows correction to take place if correction is needed. So if we need to correct a behavior or implement a consequence, we must first employ empathy. It's one of the most powerful tools we have as humans. Taking the time to dig a little deeper into what the real problem is, is really where those true emotions lie. And it will not help to resolve the issue if we don't identify that emotion. So I want to tell a story. A number of years ago, I had a client, of a dad, who came to me and said, I'm going to be remarried, and my only son, who's 10 years old, is angry, and he won't open up to me. He won't talk to me about this remarriage. He's very upset about it, and he asked me to meet with his son. So I did. I met with him, and we greeted one another and had some, you know, initial bonding and and discussing kind of the weather type of thing just to get him warmed up and the very first question I said or I asked him was what are you afraid of and he burst into tears we thought and we were looking at the behavior but that wasn't the problem anger is a secondary emotion he was hiding his true emotion which was fear he was not against his dad getting remarried he was afraid of losing the time he had with his dad to this other person. So once we identified his fear and we could address that and dad could really comfort him and encourage him that that wasn't going to happen, that they were still going to spend a lot of time together, it changed the entire dynamic. So number eight, approach the conflict by saying things like, hey, I want to talk to you about something. Uh, I know we can work this out. And I want to resolve the tension that is between us. Help me understand what you're feeling or help me understand what I'm not understanding about this situation. And I want to know where you're coming from. How can I help? Those are open-ended questions that will help. They don't shut down communication. They show that we care. So drawing close to your kids creates trust, and which is number nine. We have to be approachable and we need to keep that communication open. When you take the time to listen and to talk, you're showing your kids that you care. They feel seen, they feel heard, they feel understood, and they know that you understand where they're coming from. They experience your love through those actions. You're demonstrating to them that you have taken the time to understand and to listen, and that really does matter. Number 10, drawing closer shows grace. Forgiveness is something undeserved, but repairs are made and unresolved conflict doesn't fester and destroy you and the relationship. 
anger doesn't just disappear. We need to unearth it, address it, and talk about it. So parents, I know this is tough, but it takes patience and humility to do this. You must put their feelings and their needs before yours. This is why I tell people that parenting requires sacrifice. Sacrifice means we as parents sacrifice our time, our pride, our desire to be right or to win, besides things like our money, our freedom, our privacy, and our sleep, right? But instead of controlling the situation or fixing it, understand it and take a little time to find out how you can resolve this and get through it together. We all want to be loved We all want to be heard, and we all want to be understood. Today's young, vulnerable, and impressionable children need that more than ever. We're in a confusing and divided world out there. They need their parents to be safe, loving, patient, understanding, trustworthy, consistent, and kind. They need us whether you think they need us or not, or whether they think they need us or not. Now hear me carefully. This doesn't mean your children get to do whatever they want or get away with whatever they're doing or any bad behavior. If you've heard me speak before, you know I will tell you to correct that behavior. What I'm saying is that during conflict, you must draw close. It needs to be resolved respectfully through loving communication and mutual understanding. Parenting, again, Remember, is teaching. Parenting is not punishing, and it's not avoiding. It's teaching. So if relationships are the most important thing over winning an argument or being right, that means teaching must be productive and positive. But fight or flight are both destructive. They will not get to the result that you want. Remember, kids respect parents who are both loving and powerful. Communication that's respectful and loving is powerful. So draw closer to your children. Don't fight with them and don't flee from them. You know, the teen years require you to draw closer, probably more so than most ages. But it's easy to let our teens get too independent or self-isolate But we have to draw close even when it's hard. And trust me, the teenage years are hard. Teens are discovering and testing almost every limit and belief that we have given them. They're learning. We must help guide them through this process, not control them, fight with them, or flee or avoid them. They need us even if they act like they don't. But listening goes a long ways to keeping us connected with them. Sometimes listening is all they need or want. So I'll share a a quick story with you. When my kids were teens, they would come home from school and they would unload. They would sit down and get a snack and just tell me everything that went wrong that day, everything that was frustrating, everything that was wrong, everything that was stressful, who said what, who did what. And all I did was listen and empathize listen and empathize. Oh my goodness, that sounds hard. Oh, then what did you do? Oh no, really? Then what happened? That's all I did. I didn't fix it. I didn't judge it. I didn't tell them what to do. I didn't lecture. And by the end, they just like, great, thanks mom. And they'd run up and do their homework. Now, of course, (laughs) I was exhausted, 
but it's all they needed was somebody to empathize and listen. It's a very, very powerful tool. So if you've got broken communication or broken relationships, I can help repair and improve those. Sometimes it takes another person to see things objectively or to help you flush out what's really going on. An outsider can identify patterns and things that you might not be aware of or can't explain because you're too close to it. You're, you're literally marinating in it. So I can help you identify what emotions are really causing these behaviors and what's the real problem behind those behaviors. I can help you identify what needs to be acknowledged or discussed between the two of you, what needs to change, and what needs to happen next. So please, please visit RethinkParenting.com. Just call or email me. I love what I do. It's my passion and my purpose in life. I love to see families go from survive to thrive. So thank you so much for joining me today at The Lost Art of Parenting. We will look forward to having Jesse back next week. And I, again, reiterate that parenting is one of the hardest jobs on the planet. But don't make it harder by fighting or fleeing from your kids. Draw closer. You will love the results.